Blog Talk Radio. I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page, only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib, one God to show me how to do things as son did, pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip, writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body, this hood politics, acknowledge it, leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee, I up. Could it be my time is up with my love? I got up. The cops shot again. Bust stop glass burst. A fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out. I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood. I'm a rat. To the death of it. To everybody. Come on. Little niggas is grown. Look rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. The street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience. Leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die. We're not out. This is what now is about, nigga. The time is now. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. All I need is one mic. All powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and it goes without saying, black power to black people. It's your brother, your host, Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party, coming to you again on this Monday. Like I always say, it's always great to be uh, to be able to come to the family on Mondays to rap with the family, to talk to you, to discuss issues. But before I even get this show started and go any further, I want to um, take a moment and a moment of quiet reflection or prayer or some thought for a brother that we've lost today. Some of us knew him, struggled with him for a long time. Um, some who haven't known him or haven't had the privilege to work with him or the honor to meet him probably know him through name and the works that he put out. And that's Brother DK. We lost the brother. Brother made his transition today was taken from us and is with the ancestors. So I'm taking a couple minutes just to be quiet, just to pay homage to that and give that energy and that power a little respect. I say, I say. All right. What's good, fam, man? Like I said, it's your brother Yang and Krumah coming at you again today, man. People's Black Panther Party, independent black talk radio, where this is your radio station. It's your opportunity to get on and express with us, to share ideas, comments, critiques, or criticisms. You know, this is one of the few shows that, and I've listened to a lot of shows. I think, what do they call it, trolling, I believe is the word that they use. Um, And I've listened to a lot of shows, and one thing that I can say, and I can beat my chest about, and I'm proud of, that we're one of the very few shows that will actually open up the mics 
and allow different takes and inputs and various ideas because we believe in people power. We believe in the collective thinking of the people, not only the cooperative works, not only um, cooperative economics, but the cooperative thinking, collective thinking. And sometimes to get the best ideas out of the people and to bring the very best, you have to be challenged, you know. And so this is one of the few programs I'm honored to say that is out here on Blog Talk Radio amongst the many programs that really give the brothers and sisters that opportunity to express themselves. And we genuinely and sincerely want to hear from you. We love your input. You know, I know that I do. I'm sure I'm quite sure the listeners do. Topic today, productive consciousness. Productive consciousness. What is this productive consciousness? What do we mean by that? What inspired this uh, this title? Well, I had been doing some talking, talking with a comrade earlier, some other comrades earlier through the week, and the same question kept coming up, the same reoccurring theme. Why are we in the position we're in? Why do people who profess to be revolutionaries or profess to be so conscious still act like niggas? And when I say niggas, I'm not talking about the, the affectionate term that we use or the term that some of us have taken out in the, in the A, never ignorant, getting goals accomplished, that type of nigger. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about niggers. The literal, proverbial nigger, the backstabber, the one that crosses you out, the one that can't be trusted, the one that is unworthy, the lazy one, the conniver, the hustler, and not the hustler in the streets like getting it up, the one that hustles and capitalizes off the misfortune and the misery of others, niggas, and profess to be conscious. And during the course of this dialogue, when I was talking to the person, we really understood it because we both agreed that consciousness simply means to be aware. It just simply means to be aware. It doesn't denote or it doesn't contain any type of, um, any type of element or any type of semblance or any type of thing that would say that it, it, it is if it's synonymous with action, with revolutionary action or productive and pro-African or pro-black action. It just means that you're aware. It's like waking from a coma. Your eyes are open. You know what's going on around you. You're looking, but you're still hooked up to intravenous tubes. You're still hooked up to the machine. You haven't gotten out of bed. You haven't taken that step. You haven't performed any action. You're just awake. And you find a lot of conscious people or so-called conscious people in this state. They're simply awake. They simply have opened up their eyes, and they're aware of what's going on, but haven't taken any action. And consciousness doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good person. It doesn't mean that. I think that we have this this word consciousness has been so usefully used and has somehow been become synonymous with um, black empowerment or African action or African liberation and advancement that we have stopped taking it to mean the literal sense of it, just being someone who is aware, someone who is awake. And sometimes when people are awake or people are aware, they see deficiencies. What's the old saying? Seeing a weakness in the game. They see a deficiency, and they do what? They capitalize off of it. Don't you think your oppressor is conscious 
not only is he conscious, your oppressor is conscious of themselves, conscious of their societies, conscious of their desires, conscious of their visions, their aims and ambitions and objectives, but they're conscious of you. They're conscious of you. In fact, they're so conscious of you that they have begun to psychologically manipulate you to alter your consciousness. You no longer become aware or conscious of the things that advance you, but you become conscious of uh, materials and uh, rituals and things that are put in your place to give off the semblance, to give off the aroma, the illusion that this is advancement, that this is something. I stay in Atlanta, and one of the used to be one of the most pro-black spots in Atlanta, and I know people in Atlanta are going to get mad, but you know, you know what? Hey, they told me if people are not mad at you, you're not doing something right. So one of the most proactive and pro-black Afrocentric spots in Atlanta, the West End, which later became known as what? The conscious community became a conscious capitalist community. Yeah, they were conscious. They became very aware. And what did they become aware of? They became aware that there were big dollars in the yearning and the desire for black people to return back to an African identity or to want to do for self. And so they capitalized on that without any real substance. They capitalized on the superficial and the surface. What do I mean by that? They capitalized on, they were conscious on the desire of black people, of African people wanting to practice self-sufficiency, wanting to rise up out of the muck and the mire and the despair and the uh, uh, impoverished conditions that we lived in. They were conscious of this, and instead of adding to that, they capitalized on it. You don't believe me? They capitalized on your buy black. I challenge some of these black business owners that have buy black in their windows with the red, black, and green, and buy black and shop with your own, how much are you actually giving back to the community? What programs are you supporting? Hell, do you even live in a black community? I would go that far. Do you even live in a black community? Oh, you can't live around those black folks. They this and that. They hating. Instead of taking that money that you're getting out of the black community and rebuilding up the black community, what is the difference between you and the foreigner that uh, has a store in our community? I tell you the difference, your consciousness, and you're manipulating and playing on my consciousness. So now we understand us in the conscious community are thus those of us that are saying that we are conscious, that we have awakened to the need for a strong African identity, strong African morals and ethics, are saying that consciousness is no longer words. We want to know if you are a productive conscious member of the community. We're adding a word to it. Are you productive? conscious member in the community. See, consciousness is something as simple as in the morning when I go to sleep, like my comrade had so eloquently put it when uh, she and I were talking, she said, when you go to sleep, you're unconscious. When you awaken, you're conscious. But you didn't get out of bed. You can lay in bed all day with, with your eye open, 
and not be effective and not be productive. So we need productive, conscious brothers and sisters in the community. And what a productive consciousness brings is accountability. You begin to be accountable. You begin when you look in the terms of production and being productive, you start to monitor yourself. You start to ask yourself, like you've heard me mention on many, are the actions that I'm taking productive? Are they beneficial? Do they guide me towards, does it bring me any closer to that fruition, to that objective of complete and total liberation for the African brother and sister here in America? See, it's nothing to get on. Everything now has become so superficial. Everything now has become image. And people capitalize on that. Your oppressor capitalizes on that. Do you think your oppressor really cares about you being black? I mean, to the extent of rocking your culture, your cultural wear. He doesn't. I'm willing to bet you have to dashikis. A lot of you brothers and sisters have half of these red, black, and green. A lot of brothers and sisters have in the house. Look at them. Go look at your flags and your dashikis. See if they don't say made in Taiwan. Everybody capitalizes on you. I see red and black and green flags. Let me tell you how slick they are with it. What we don't play in, and I learned from Cleveland in Cleveland. Why well, I have to give Chairman Kahar and uh, Minister Kareem their props. What color is the flag? Red, black, and green. How many red, black, and green flags got white borders on them? Oh, your flag got a white border on it. How they alter your flag? You have a red, black, and green flag, but the part that holds it to the the pole is white. They've altered your flag. So they don't care nothing about your colors. They don't care nothing about your dashikis. They don't care nothing about your neaty braids. They don't care nothing about your big bamboo dangling earrings on your medallions. I can take you to Korean hair shops now and buy you all the African medallions you want. All the weaved locks, Afro glow and puffs and gels and everything that the African head needs to fit any mold, a form, a shape, a fashion. So they could care less about you embracing your ethnicity if it isn't a productive embracing. Is it bringing about change in your community? Is it is this awareness, is your embracing your ethnicity, is the awareness of your true African identity and nature bringing change in the morals and ethics in your community? You got cats committing murders, killing black men, black-on-black crime with Malcolm X shirts on because it's the fashion. So those of us that are productive, conscious people, that practice a productive consciousness, have to begin to move into the next stage of it, which is accountability and responsibility. We must begin to stand up and take control of not just our households, but our community. There's no way possible 
that you could get me to believe that you realistically want a change or that you will realistically confront agents of oppression or agents of repression, meaning police and army, and won't address the knuckleheads right outside your right outside your door or on your street corners or harassing the elderly, harassing the women, terrifying the children, in fact, quite possibly, in a lot of cases and instances, terrorizing you. But you want me to believe that you're willing to put on a uniform and go out here and 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 confront some people. It's laughable. It's laughable. So what is this productive consciousness? Where do we begin? Must I begin in the uh, deep, in-depth studies? Of an African history You don't have to begin there It's necessary Study of self is quite necessary To understand where you're going But you don't have to be there Must I be a scholar Must I get in these bushes With my armament And my rifles And my backpacks And run through the bushes And know all the survival codes And how to, you know Climb trees And strip a tree with my bare hands It's, It's helpful But you don't have to know that It's not It's not mandatory to be a productive, to practice productive consciousness. So what is mandatory, Chairman Yanga? What is mandatory? What is mandatory is stilling the self, quieting the self enough to look inside the self and understanding your true nature. And how do you understand your true nature? You understand your true nature by weighing things against the compass of black liberation, black self-determination, and black self-sufficiency. See, that's your compass. Everything, when you're going in any direction, everything has accomplished. For you uh, techno geniuses now with the map quest, doesn't it have the little arrow that points you in a direction? For those of us are you brothers and sisters that are my age and remember actually have to use a map? Don't they have a key at the bottom and remember the compass, north, east, south, west? You have to have a direction, a moral compass. What are you trying to accomplish? And you find many of us trying to accomplish or trying to, we don't really want to black self-sufficiency or black self-determination. We want black enrichment. And there's a very big difference. You want black enrichment, and you want black enrichment based on preconceived ideas and constructs from a society that historically has shown that they don't care about you. This is how you want to judge. This is how you want to earn your riches and judge your success. We can't confuse the two. And in order to do that, black enrichment does take black consciousness, but is it a productive black consciousness? And I would say it isn't. I would call it radical reformism. You're fighting and crying to be accepted. You're fighting and crying because you want Kwanzaa to be made a national holiday. They give us Christmas, we want Kwanzaa. You're fighting and crying because you want them to take revolutionary heroes 
that were anti-system, that were anti-oppression, anti-capitalism, anti-imperialism, and you want to run down there and, and, and want them to take these wonderful revolutionary heroes, these iconic figures of black liberation and black struggle, and give them a national holiday. You want this devil to recognize them. You don't recognize our heroes and call yourself a revolutionary. You celebrate it when they put Brother El-Hajj Malik Shabazz, also known as Omu Walamu, or most commonly and most popularly referred to as our dear beloved brother Malcolm X, we clapped when they put him on a stamp. He probably was turning in his grave, Brother Malcolm Ashe. He probably was spinning in his grave. They talk about putting Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill, and you Nick Rose, they're going to put Harriet Tubman on the $20. Conscious. Conscious Negroes, excited, just elated, tickled to death. They're going to put Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill. As many times as she jeopardized and risked her life to run back and free slaves from a system that had condoned such a terrible and horrific practice against any human being generally and more specifically and particularly people of African descent here in America. And we're happy that this cracker, that this imperialist system is recognizing Mother Moses, and we're going to, you know what, you black folk, we're going to give our $20 bill. How about that? And the conscious community, these Negroes, so-called conscious, are elated. They're tickled pink. Is it a productive consciousness? How does that help my people, Mr. White Man, Mr. Imperialist System, when most of the people, when you're putting this sister on a $20 bill and still depriving the masses of African people from the access to a $20 bill? How the hell does that help me? It doesn't change anything. Because you put a black face in a white place, and I'm supposed to dance the jig, and you have these Negroes, conscious. I'm not going to say that they're not conscious because they're awake. They're aware. But ask them, quit telling them they're not conscious, brothers and sisters. Say you recognize their consciousness. I recognize your conscious, brother. I recognize your conscious, so that's a nice hair, right? It's very beautiful. I like your beads, red, black, and green. That's awesome. Look, look, Dashika, that's all. But are you a productive? conscious member of the community or all of this for not for show you talk about how imperative it is for people of African descent the African here in America to eat healthy you must eat healthy you must give up this and give up that and eat good and this cleanses you and that does this for you and that and you're talking about how it destroys us physically and psychologically and bind us to the earth. You got all the philosophical reasoning in the world. It sounds great. You throw lectures on it. You 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 broadcast it on Facebook. So conscious, so wonderful. I want to eat healthy. It's a hundred dollars for a piece of rice. This is a holy rice. Nigga from Africa, nigga. How conscious is that? Don't give me the whole spiel about how healthy I must eat. How my diet is destroying me. And you give me a piece of grain because it's from Africa and charge me $150. How conscious 
how conscious is that? So we're looking at a productive consciousness. A consciousness that lends to real substantial change. A consciousness that the masses of people who may not have totally awakened to the tricks and the plots and the ploys to the detriment and destruction that the society has put on them who still practice commercialism and materialism. We need a consciousness, a productive consciousness that speaks to those people and they say, okay, I can see how this changes my life because I'm not going to go from $150 Gucci to $150 Dashi. I get more girls with the Gucci. I'm not going to break myself, give up materialism, Give up consumerism, doing the things that I do to get these things, to have to still do the things I do just to look and dress like y'all. The conscious community, without it being a productive conscious, and yes, it's an indictment, damn it, it's an indictment. I'm screaming on you, brothers and sisters, and I'm saying shame on you. Shame on yourselves. If your feelings are hurt, then it must meant to be hurt because you set yourself up, you've awakened, and you get other people to awaken, and instead of establishing productive consciousness, a consciousness that is reachable, a consciousness that promotes not the consciousness that is reachable, but, yeah, reachable, and a consciousness that is obtainable, that produces real tangible goods and real solutions to social ills and health ills and mental illnesses that affect our community, you get with these other people, you've established consciousness, and you become elitist. You become elitist. You break off in your clique. We eat the same food. We speak the same things. Do you have this book? Have you been here? It costs this much and X amount of this. It's no longer attainable. You no longer have they need because you understand this. Let's understand this. Nobody wants to be at the bottom of the barrel, and that's understandable. The black man and woman in America who has been niggerized, they have been taught, and rightly so, that the nigger is a, a despicable being. And the nigger is. The nigger is very despicable. A nigger, you can't trust a nigger. You can't trust them. I wouldn't advise you to. And so only. It's only right any sane human being will want to divorce themselves from being a nigger, any sane human being. So what ends up happening from this is that we divorce ourselves, but by us not understanding the niggerization process and understanding that all the masses of African people in America who aren't conscious doesn't mean that they're niggers. But we fell into that trap of neocolonialism and thinking like our oppressor, so we begin sweeping indictments and generalization, and we feel like that if you're not conscious or if you don't speak this language or read that book, you must be a nigger, and in the effort to separate ourselves, so far we become elitist. We set ourselves up at groups, alienating and isolating the very people that we, that we profess that consciousness would save. I'm your chairman, Yang Nkrumah. This is People's Black Panther Party, independent black talk radio. We'll go to my phone lines. We see 
Area code four zero four seven seven six five. Your mic is open. What's good, brother Yanga? What's good? This is Sister Ninety. What's good, Sister Ninety? I know it is. Um, what's, what's good? I'm good. I was um. I just wanted to make a comment. We gotta understand that a lot of our people they don't have conscious minds. Common sense wasn't given to everybody. It's a lot of people out here also that has gotten into the mind frame of having agendas. They're no longer following what revolution means. And what I'm saying is because we can speak about consciousness all day. I think everybody's aware of the billy clubs and dogs has changed now to Uncle Tom Negroes across the globe and guns and all type of martial law and activities. They see what's going on. But when you have mind frames of individualism, and that's what we teach right now, a lot of reforming is going on, a lot of, you know, argumentative situations are going on that's keeping us separated as a whole. Even the revolutionary organizations, they go against everything. They talk about gang members. They talk about drug addicts. They talk about the prostitutes. They talk about the pimps. But I'm trying to figure out when the hell was intellectual niggas the ones that was in the oppressive situation. So why are we focusing on, you know, categorizing ourselves with those type of people, lawyers and these ministers of justice, but we got niggas' heads getting busted off every day because there's no justice but just upside in this war. As far as conscious, what I would consider conscious to be is to start teaching our people to have minds of entrepreneurship, teaching them the things that everybody is not in the race and if we got to understand racism is only power, it doesn't have anything to do with color. The prejudice is what brings in the denominations of what identifies their racist issues, which would be the color, or if you have money, or if you're homosexual, and things of that nature. But if we start teaching the things, we got 15 million people, I looked this up, that is actually waiting for jobs in the doctor or, as we say, physician department. We got 3.8 billion people that are in the law department. What the hell makes you think one Negro would get the position? But we have nobody signing up for agriculture. Nobody signing up to see what's going on with DHS and why they're taking so many children. Nobody's even stocking commodities. We don't need their foods because all of that stuff is GMO processed. We don't want their water that has fluoride in it. When are we going to go back to the natural things that we were in Africa when we were multicultural, when we had the Kenyans worrying about only water, or we only had the Zulus only worrying about diamonds, or we only had Mansi Musa who only specialized in gold? They were all different cultures, but did that make us any less African? So once we start going back to those things and teach our people that we can get to Africa and diamonds are damn near free because they're only five cents for a 15,000 carat diamond. I've never heard of that, but I actually have saw the videos and I've seen these carrots, but they're only five cents. We got to teach our people the values of cornering the market of resources. And we won't worry about materialism because we will all have material because it's all coming from the natural browns and the natural habitats of life. As long as we keep leading our people to recycle the dollar bill or worry about what is going on in their political aspects of life, then we are not reaching any goals when it comes to revolution. So just because they – and one other thing I wanted to say, we got to get out of this rhetoric about the dashikis and all of that, the king, the queen, and – 
because there's some people that was in Africa and their tribes were so strong, and we're not going to, you know, we ain't going to get into Africa. Let's just say we had some tribes because we had Madagascarians and all of that, so we got to quit combining ourselves as one, and then I think we could stop thinking as one. We were not one nation. We were one nation, but not one culture. And we had some cultures that didn't even believe in wearing clothes. They still believed in the spirituality of being able to identify themselves with the nature and beauty of just seeing who they were as a person. So we got to quit leading people to believe that everybody wore dashikis and had king and queen attire on and accept our people where they are. Also, this is 2017, and I'm not being mean or anything, but I would think it would be kind of hilarious right now to see a whole bunch of people walking down the street and some king and queen shit. I would think that they would be idolizing Europe right now because the technology and the things that they have twisted in terminology has led our children to believe that the Eurocentric life is what we should be living under. So that's where the kings and queens are right now. we got to take it back to the dirty roots. First, tell about these Uncle Tom Negroes that are out here that is camouflaging themselves like they're really doing something for us, but they're truly activists because they're just acting. Stop leading them to believe certain things. So that's all I wanted to say. I don't want to be long-winded, but in order to make change, we first got to take back what's rightfully ours. And I'm not talking about identities because we don't know who the hell we are. But we can take back the land, the resources, the earth, all the things that we claimed that was ours in the beginning. And we took all of these natural resources and built all of what they put in front of us today and used against us. So why can't we do that again? Boycott these jobs. I'm still asking. I've been saying this for five radio years. When are we going to leave the jobs? If we keep talking about the 60s, when are we going to learn from them? Boycott the jobs. Stop sending your children to school. If you know vaccines are killing your children, why the hell everybody down there on the phone will line up and get their children vaccines? All of the children are still going to public schools or academies or what we call institutions. So what are you thinking about? When we wanted change, we made change for ourselves and we separated ourselves. And that's something we got to start doing. You can't talk revolution and go right back into your world of living and you're down low reforming. So I think that's what we need to understand about being conscious-minded. Empower to all people. Thank you. Appreciate that. Definitely appreciate that. Um, and, and, and some of it I agree with, but you know how we do some I disagree with. I don't necessarily, if brothers and sisters want to wear dashikis, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I don't believe that it's like you said. We were, you know, Africans, a continent. We had different cultures, different tribes, had different cultural aspects. I'm cool if people want to express their Africanness in ever, however dynamic they want to express it. I think that that's what makes us as Africans here in America great is that we are an extension of the African expression. You know what I'm saying? Every, the West Indies, an extension of the African expression. The Jamaicans, an extension of the African expression. That Rastafariism, the locks, you know what I'm saying? All of that, you won't find that directly anywhere originating in Africa, but you will find Africans who originated in the Caribbean and in, in Jamaica, the Haitians with the voodoo and everything, their culture. You know what I'm saying? You won't find a particular brand of Haitian voodoo in Africa, but you will find the origins of it in Africa. So Africans originate that based on their conditions, their social and cultural conditions. I think that us as Africans in America, one thing I will give to our enemy here, our oppressor here, he learned from the different revolts and rebellions. And so he made double sure 
that we're not even going to give them a remnant. We're not even going to give them anything reminiscent of an African culture so that they can't even, you know, he tried to stomp that out of it so that they can't duplicate it. But the thing you can't stomp out of an, of an African is their very DNA. So in our churches, when you study, when you look at Yoruba, when you look at Ifa and you see them in the white and this and that, I tell you go down south and go to a Pentecostal church. It looks like the same thing. Turn the volume down. I can put on a holiness church where they shouting and catching the Holy Ghost, turn the volume down so you can't hear the English, and put on one of the Ifa traditions of Bimbe where they got on all the white and doing the same thing, you wouldn't know the difference. So you can't stomp the African out of an African. It's in our DNA. It's in our very nature. It's in our culture. So certain modes of expression, people are going to have certain modes of expression. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with, but what I do have a problem with is when you see, like, so I do call those people conscious. They realize the desire. You have people who have waken up and will capitalize on a people's need to identify with something. See, you can be conscious of the American way of life. You can be conscious of thugism. You can be conscious of uh, 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 whatever, whatever they have out there. It's whatever you choose to be conscious of. You know, so people choose their consciousness. And what has happened is the capitalists amongst black people, some of them coming out of the integrationist civil rights movement, realize that, especially during the 60s and 70s, the black power movement was taking off, realize that the people, the masses of African people, were clamoring. They were calling for a return to add some type of African identity or some type of black empowerment, black and beautiful. James Brown said, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? They realized they were that the black people wanted to identify with something. We weren't happy being second-rate and second-class citizens, fighting and getting our heads beat in and kicked in and water holes and dogs biting and nipping at us, our women and our children, only for you to take our dollar and still not like us because I don't care how many legislation, laws, or reform policies you put in, you can't change the nature of a people. You can't change the very nature. And we can go for thinking, well, that was this time, that was the 60s, that white people ain't like that. We all, you know, everybody got to get along. The very fabric, the very fabric, the very construct of this nation was built on genocide of a Native American and Aboriginal or Indigenous people and the stolen labor and atrocity of an African people. You can't, the fabric of this country, it's in, for those of us that believe in the ancestors, our ancestors, our Native American and African ancestors are in an uproar. You can't turn your back on this fact. I don't give a damn possible to turn your back on this very fact that this happened. So the ancestors clamor through us, and they realize that. So then these Negroes, you had some Negroes that were awakened to this. They were conscious, and they, and they saw, you know, they didn't hear the ancestors calling in their ears, saying, return back to a, hold our high moral code, return back to a way of the natural, be one with the earth, be one with your brother and sister, be one with. They didn't hear that. They heard the team. They heard cha-ching, and when they heard cha-ching, Kwanzaa went from an obscure little, uh, I'm not even going to say holiday, 
because it wasn't Karinga. And I'm not the biggest Ron Karinga fan. Keep it what it was. He didn't. It didn't start off as to be in a replacement for a holiday. If he did, he would have did it on Christmas. It starts the 26th. It was the first fruit. It was to bring some principles back to he's a cultural nationalist, so he was trying to bring some cultural issues back to African people at the time when we didn't have Internet, we didn't have access to all of this blackism that we have now. So he did his little contribution, his little effort. And I'm not talking about the man or the politics. I'm talking about the whole concept of this quasi philosophy. So I want to make that clear. And so he brought that, and when it began to catch on, you had the people who were conscious say, what, cha-ching. So now when you turn on the television at the 26th, happy Kwanzaa from Channel 5. See, you don't care nothing about your acknowledging and your embracing cultural ideas and cultural identity. As long as he can capitalize, he's aware of your need for that. But when it becomes productive, when you start to do things that are productive, that start to wean you away from reliance and dependence on any other people outside yourself, he becomes very nervous. He becomes very nervous. So then he begins to shoot things out there at you to get you run from it. He even goes so far to tell you that like some like Black Lives Matter is a terrorist movement. Black they the only thing they do is protest. He begins to get you to think that you're having a sense of self worth and acknowledging who you are as a descendant of African people is racist. How dare you? Why it gotta be black power? Why you why is it all about the black people? Because I speak English. I wear clothes that are foreign to an African people. My diet is not that. That is natural and edifying and beneficial to the black man. Oh, you think I'm lying? We have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sugar diabetes. Rampant in our community. Look at our diet. So you feed me your food. You teach me your language. You give, make me, force me to dress like you, act like you, emulate you, assimilate you. And the first time I say, hey, you know what, I'm black and I'm proud. Why is it a black thing? And you get these Negroes to echo that sentiment. You go to tell you, no, it's not a black thing. They go through every effort to jump through hurdles to appease you. They go through every effort to show you that we're non-threatening. That we love on, we can take as much as you dump on us. You can crap on us. You can stick your hoes on us. You can turn your billy clubs and you can kick our children in the ass. And Atlanta child murders, you can have Klan come and kidnap children and you can rape us and kidnap us from Africa. But you know what? It's all love. Jesus said love. It's all love. Hell, even I'm remitting, I'm not a Christian, but I think. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he gave one of the disciples a sword and told him, stand watch. And what did that disciple do? He lost consciousness. For those in the Christian tradition, you know what I'm talking about. He was asleep. And the Roman soldiers crept up on him. He lost consciousness. Then when he regained consciousness, then he wanted to strike. He became a reactionary. 
He wanted to strike when the Roman soldiers was on him. Jesus stopped him and healed the soldiers' ears. And said, man, not now, man. You left. I told you to keep watch. You fell asleep. They crept up on me. Now you want to fight. When all you had to do was maintain your consciousness. Be productive. Be vigilant. Be on the lookout. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get some questions. I'm going to holler at your boy. All I need you to do is watch. We can't do that. We don't regain consciousness until it's too late. Or the little consciousness we do have, we're like Judas and Iscariot. We have consciousness, but we're traded for 30 gold. Judas walked with the man, saw the man do all kinds of stuff for those of people in the Christian tradition, and still went and sold it out. So you can have people that have this consciousness and it not mean anything because it's not a productive consciousness. And the reason that it's not a productive consciousness is because it hasn't entered into their hearts. It hasn't entered into their hearts. See, until you at least, and like Sister Nundy said, we don't know exactly who we are. I agree with her wholeheartedly on that. But until you at least have that common unity, common unity, community here, talking about words, until you have that common unity, that community, that affiliation, that fraternity or that sorority, that brotherhood and that sisterhood based on a common struggle, a common oppression, a common identification, that's what we identify with. Not my name, not just a man. You might be a Moor. I don't call myself black. You're an Israelite. I don't call myself. You're a Muslim. You don't call, I, all of that. You might be all of these various tribes and different names that you're calling yourself, but how many times, and you brothers and sisters on Facebook, have you seen on Facebook somebody posting a police video and they whooping a black man or a black woman, a more a man, a more woman, an Israelite man, an Israelite woman, an African man, an African woman, whatever we're calling ourselves. How many times have you seen them being brutalized, terrorized by police? And not one time in the video. Not one time in any of these videos have I ever heard this agent of repression stop and ask him, what is your nationality? Not one time. I've never seen the pigs stop and ask a black man and a black woman before they blatantly murdered them, what is your nationality? And here we go arguing about that. No, we have this commonality. We're conscious and we're not conscious of anything. We should be conscious of that. That's what we have to be conscious of, conscious of what's taking place and what's happening to us. And the productivity becomes, we become productive, conscious members of the community when we begin to take action to thwart that, to inoculate us, to insulate us, to protect us and defend us. Three Ds. In the People's Black Panther Party, we practice the three Ds. And the first one is the five. Define. We have to define ourselves. This is why we hold to the in the manual it teaches us, and we teach that the People's Black Panther Party, the um, Inkuza Saba, the seven principles, and one of them is Kujakalil, self-determination, the right to define yourself. Isn't that what the point number one on the 10-point platform and program say? We want freedom. You say it in our Huey book. We want freedom. You know what I'm saying? We want the right to practice self-determination. We want the right to determine the destiny of the black man, the black woman, and the black community. Can you dig? This is what we want. So this is a common, isn't this what you want? 
Shalom. Um, Yahshua, brother Israelite Yahshua, isn't this what you want? Islam, brother Moore. Isn't this what you want? Assalamu alaikum, brother Ahmad. Isn't this what you want? Hotel, brother uh, uh, Ekanatan. Isn't this what you want? What's up, homie? Brother, thug, mister. I don't care what language you're saying in. Don't you want freedom? Don't you want the right to practice self-determination? Don't you want the right, like number one says in the 10-point platform, the program, the right to practice self-determination and determine the destiny of the black man and woman in the black community? Dig that. Like a dear friend of mine says, can you pick up what I'm laying down? Let's go to our phone line. And I don't know if Lynn, well, let's go to our phone line, 708-6657. Your mic is open. Yeah, hotel, hotel, man. This this is uh for Coley, man. I called in. I tried to call in earlier, but my but my my phone my phone went out, and I had to wait until um uh, I got home. Uh, fill me in on the topic real quick, so I can so I can you know you know. Fit me in the speed so I can, okay. uh, yeah. We're talking about um, productive consciousness, man. We're talking about, right, right. You know, you know, brothers and sisters who be conscious. But you know, consciousness is nothing but a state of awareness. But there's no productivity right. coming from it. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. Well, I heard and you, you earlier. You, okay, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I heard you earlier, and you 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 had stated that you know. Uh, what what definition of conscious meant, and um, a lot of our people are conscious, but you said the enemy was also conscious as well. While 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 our version of conscious is one thing, they get you conscious on materialism. You know what I'm saying? And the West End is famous for. Um, I don't want to ruffle no feathers, but they kind of like take advantage of conscious people and. Seeing that they conscious, they try to put the black empowerment thing with it, you know, with you know, try to get them to buy certain things that deal with consciousness. And um, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. You know, I feel that <clears throat> conscious is to be conscious is just privy to certain information that others don't know. But when you are actually conscious. It's what you do with that information that you have. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people say they're conscious, you know, especially a lot of people on Facebook. But when you say, okay, well, let's 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 put a business plan together uh, or call into my show, you don't hear about them. You don't hear them about them conscious people no more. You know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, they unfriend you. You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to be conscious, you got to be conscious all the way. Consciousness is not just saying that you know stuff, but it's what you do with what you know. You know what I'm saying? Like you. I mean, I saw you on Facebook, bro. You know, you, you're a panther. You, you know, you was in New York. You was over here. You was over there. You just didn't stay in Atlanta. You was moving around with what you knew. You know what I'm saying? Trying to, uh, you know, spark the brain of people in, in different cities and, you know, all you know all over. You know what I'm saying? I, I applaud you for that. You know what I'm saying? You know, so that's just pretty much my my viewpoint on it, my take on it. 
I sure appreciate that, um, Pacoli, too. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep your mic open, man. So you want to no shut back in or whatever. No I doubt. I will. I will. Yes, sir. So, you know, like the brother was saying, man, and we really reiterate our point and to go along with what the brother saying, man, consciousness just simply means being a state of aware, and you can be conscious of anything. So we have to ask, and that's another thing about when let's talk about consciousness. Our consciousness is diverted. Our con- we become conscious of things that at particular times, particular spaces, are not advantageous or beneficial for the African here in America. And in our consciousness of certain things, we begin to take on a neo, we have a neo-colonialist mentality. We begin to take on this white man's mentality of arrogancy, of arrogance, arrogance I believe the word is. You know, Don't get mad, you know Yank, I will make a word up on you. Well, of arrogance and egotism and even supremacy and study a particular science, become conscious and aware of that particular science, and think that that's the be-all, some-all, do-all to the movement, to the revolution. And have the audacity, like our oppressor, to begin to belittle and ostracize and ridicule brothers and sisters who have devoted their lives to other particular aspects of African sciences, social engineering, cultural awareness, political advancement, economic um, sufficiency and dependence, and start knocking those things without us really coming to the real understanding that the war waged against, when we say that the enemy was conscious of the African man and woman here in America, then understand that that consciousness that the enemy had of you and I, that this consciousness extended to every sphere of our existence. He didn't just attack us physically. He attacks us psychologically, economically, socially, culturally, education-wise. And in order to combat this evil, we must be empowered in every and each of these avenues. There is not one fight more important than any fight when it comes to the advancement and liberation and independence of African people in America. Not a one. But we still practice. You know, I was on a show the other day. I was on um, listening to the Queens. And, yo, if you haven't checked that show out, check out Sister um, Nikki Williams' show, The Queens, on Saturdays. I, I believe it's at 7. Check Facebook for details. And I was checking out the show, and I was just listening to them, and they kept making reference to the Willie Lynch letter. And I was thinking, how many of us have read the Willie Lynch letter and haven't actually studied the Willie Lynch letter because we still exhibit some of the same signs. And we exhibit those signs and we exhibit those sicknesses and those symptoms of the effect of Willie Lynch right in our conscious community by the fact that we still think that our little aspect of science, that the little bit of knowledge, very little bit of knowledge, as, as, as compared to all the knowledge out there globally, you're talking about global knowledge, we get a little bit of knowledge and think that we have actually obtained something. And in that thinking that we have obtained something, we begin to practice a European trait, which is individualism. And set up this, like I was speaking of earlier, this elitist attitude, this elitist mentality. Yes, we're conscious, but is that productive? You see, communalism teaches us something counter to that. Communalism teaches 
us that hey, you got oh you dope you 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 you're studious you're an expert on education or you're an expert on economics. Well, look here, I know how to do um, health, and my man over here knows how to grow fruit. So the economics says, okay, we can take this fruit and we can use this as some type of bartering system and set up an economic, just like we talked about the car shells were uh, money at one point in time. Not because they were actually worth anything, but because some genius, some economist, some genius African brother came up, our sister, came up with a system to use the Kari shells. You see? It was the system. It wasn't so much in the Kari shells, but in the system that was set up. So this is where we have to begin, like Nunny was saying, taking the value so much out of the dollar and putting value more in the African communal. And once we put value in the African communal system, once we become conscious of how an African communal system works, we will begin to understand what this agent of oppression understands, that there's no value in the dollar. The value is in your black labor. He's got you duped. He's got you fooled. He's got you. You know what I think? Talk to me. You know what I think? I, I, I really do think that conscious people need to get out like the movie. <laughs> they really do need to get out because a lot of our brothers and sisters say that they're conscious, but they still got remnants of the Europeans' brain inside of their head. For instance, yeah. there was a sister on the Facebook. She's my Facebook friend. And I went and, and I saw on a page, you know, because she was talking about committing signs and, you know, they star children and everything. But she's in a gay relationship with another sister. And I told her, I said, man, you can't be conscious and be a, and be a lesbian. What you mean? That's, you took it the wrong way. I got two. I got another page. I said, man, I don't care what you got. I'm like, you got to love one and hate the other. You know, and you, and you are right. It's, it's a lot of people who have a little bit of knowledge, they think that they're better than you or they're on another level than you because you might have just started and you might not know too much about African consciousness or you just starting to study and learn about Marcus Garvey and, you know, the Back to Africa movement and the UNIA and they've been studying it for years. And I'm like, okay, well, if you've been studying this stuff for years, what have you done with it? Who have you helped? What have you done? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You've got a whole bunch of knowledge and ain't never done nothing with it. You know, and yep. a lot of our people are conscious, but they're also educated fools because they think having a college degree is being conscious as well, and that's, that's not being conscious. That's just something you do to make money. And I like the fact that you brought about the Kari shells, where the Kari shells were an, a, a, an exchange for medium. And in Africa, what were the most two important things that black people cherished the most? Black people cherished family and community. Africans said, I get my wealth for my children. And the community would never starve. We would never all be on the same level if I got more than this than my neighbor right here. If I'm eating and he's starving and I got a garden full of vegetables, you know what I'm saying, and they starving, 
I'm not going to let them starve because if I let them starve, then what they going to do? They're going to stop stealing from me because they ain't got it. So to keep them from being dishonorable and keep them following on the path of my heart, I'm going to be like, here, yeah, here you go. Mm-hmm. You ain't, you know, you don't have to be without. A lot of yeah. conscious people are not like that. They don't think like that. They be like, hey, nigga, I got mine and you get yours. You got to get you know to not They don't have that productive. I'm sorry, Pacoli, but like, like we're saying, man, they don't have that productive consciousness. But I want to go to the phone lines. I think we got um, Nundi back in. Let me click her back on the phone. Sister Nundi, your mic is open. I had to take myself off mute. Okay. Um, it was a couple of things I wanted to come in on. I'm sorry. I got it. So much y'all went over. Um, the conscious community with the capitalism. You made a valid point. A lot of people are just using certain things not to draw us in towards revolutionary methods, but to be able to pay their light bill and their gas bill. I go through that too. The brothers right. The West End in Atlanta is terrible with it. You know, you go down there, soul vegetarian to see leaves. I'm gonna call them out. You go down there and they tell you you're poisoning the kids when you're trying to give somebody something to eat that may be peanut butter and jelly. But when I go to Sealy's, uh, half a kale wrap is $13, and if I'm getting a whole kale wrap, it's $19. Those are kind of excessive prices when a bag of kale is only $4 organic kale and clovers. So we got to start opening doors to, I'm going to say, produce but without profit. And I think that's what a lot of these people don't get it. We can start just saving the seeds and, you know, we don't even have to purchase seeds. We can start, you know, resaving seeds as ways to naturalize the seeds, take the poison and contaminants out, start growing food and reproducing. We won't have these type of people that's out there, vegan, macaroni and cheese and all that. Really, the only thing is that it's certain things like ascertain and stuff like that that's not added. We can do the same stuff. So in order to stop capitalism and manipulation of our people that supposedly are skin folks, but we know they ain't our kin folks, are doing to our people, we'll be able to stop a lot of that stuff. We got to stop worrying about what they're doing in methods of deception and start working on what we need to do in methods of destruction and stop the movement. And that's just something that I wanted to add, you know, to stop all of that. We need to start getting this, the commodities and giving it away. It's free. They're getting stuff free because right. they're growing stuff and doing certain things. And they are reproducing, I mean, like, well, what do we quadruple times the profit? When it takes you about 97 cents online to find some organic kale seeds, and you're selling us one half of a wrap for $13, $14, okay? So that's just something I wanted to add. In order for us to make changes revolutionaries, we got to first stop the production of foods that we know are contained with all kind of poisons, as well as allowing people like capitalistic, you know, companies and people of mentality of profit over people still staying in business. We got to boycott some of these black people just like just because we shop in black. Sometimes it can be whack, trust me. So even those people need to be boycotted and brought to the attention of getting out of our communities and utilizing certain methods and, you know, buildings and even, like you said, our dashikis, everything that holds a critical value 
and taking those things and luring people in up under the wrong pretenses. So the brother who just spoke, um, Fakoli, he made a valid point, and you said the same thing about the dashiki. So the way to stop that, we got to go after the Tom Negroes, just like we're going after the Arabs and the white people. That's another way of clearly showing us that racism is multicultural because it's about power and not about color. That's right. Thank you. I agree with that. I agree with that. Let's go. I'm going to keep it rolling, too, because I think I had someone on hold um, for a minute. And let's go to 269-4469. Your mic is open. Um, Black Power Family, this is uh, Dr. Justice, uh, Minister of Lawrence Justice. How's everybody? Uh, good. I'm listening to, uh, this is a really good subject. Um, I was listening to the, the, the consciousness um, aspect of it. And, and, and the one thing that I, I, um, I need to say about consciousness is that consciousness is like a mirror. Um, there, there are individuals, you know, who can fake it till they make it. You know, some people want to be down, like the brother Pacoli was talking about, uh, this woman is into comedics, but she's, she's, she's gay or whatever the case may be. You know, we have a lot of brothers and sisters that want to sell us stuff, like Brother Yanger was saying. However, at some point, when an individual endeavors or embarks on that road of consciousness, uh, there's no turning back. Uh, when you when you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, you do suffer cognitive dissonance, which means that at some point you you're not going to be able, your soul is not going to be able to wrestle with what you know is actually true. So I would assume that somewhere down the line, individuals who or uh, are using it uh, in order to in order to profit from the people or or just comfortable where they at, just to be able to, to stick their chest out. The fact of the matter is they know full well because everywhere you go, there you are. Um, it's really hard for individuals uh, whose backs are not against the wall and they're not starved and, scra- and, and scrambling for scraps of food in the street to really be true to anything. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, we could talk all day long about how, um, our consciousness can we can move pe- our people into a better position to be more conscious so that they can be more self determining in their lives. But until um, that life is is threatened with lack of um, water, lack of food, lack of clothing, lack of shelter, until those things happen, there are individuals that are going to continue to face the funk, regardless as to whether their cognitive dissonance kicks in or not. You know, um, I just wanted to be able to put that out there because we're speaking about consciousness like it's not something that has consequences. And when we say that we, when we say that we conscious, when we start doing a lot of different things to um, and, and encompass our our consciousness, uh, we did thereby become responsible for the things that we are putting out there, the energy that we putting out. And believe me, energy does not lie. So again, I just like to say, you know, consciousness is like a mirror, and 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 when you when an individual is starting to profess the things that uh, is supposed to be moving their people forward, and they're just using it as a medium to get what it is that they want. Believe me, there's consequences for that aspect, and that that is um, a real serious form of cognitive dissonance, and it actually um, leads to a spiritual death. Black power, and I think this is a really good, good. This is a really good subject. Black power. Well, I, you know, I, and, and to add to that, I agree, but it goes back there again, man. When we talk about conscious, consciousness, let us be clear. 
You know, um, and that's why I say in, in the Panther Party and the people, especially in the people who like the Panther Party, we have the three Ds: defy, define, develop, and defend. We must, as if we're going to call ourselves a conscious community, this is why I'm pushing and promoting this word productive consciousness. Because consciousness only means to be aware. You know, I can be conscious that I can be aware, I'm conscious, you know, that there's a snake or there's a, a, a pit of snakes down this road. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm obligated to travel that path. So you have people that are aware of our state. They're aware that the African man and woman here hunger has a burning desire, a yearning in their very soul to be reestablished with the place of their origin, if not physically, at least ancestrally, spiritually, universally. They, we have a hunger. It's only, it's only natural to want to go back to your natural state. It's only natural. So people are aware of the natural being of the process of nature. And so what they do is they capitalize on it. I go back to the three D's because we have to define, define consciousness. And once we define consciousness, then we understand consciousness means accountability and responsibility. Then we can begin to guide and regulate what's in our communities. No one will be able to come in under the banner of I'm conscious. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean, that you're aware that we're here but consciousness, when we say productive consciousness or African consciousness or whatever we're calling it, it should have some guidelines. It should have, we should see when we say it, it should be a seed that produces a certain fruit. If I say that I'm conscious, I'm a productive conscious member of the um, African community here in America, then the fruit that I bear should resemble that. Like you always hear me say, don't plant a lemon seed and expect apples to come up. It's going to be a lemon tree, and it's going to be bitter because that's what lemons are. So we have these people who are conscious, but that's the extent of it. Now, those of us that are conscious and conscious in our actions, meaning that we're aware of our state and we're conscious in action so that we know the universal law that every action has an equal and opposite Reaction. So the action that I put forth is an action towards the advancement and the betterment and the liberation of African people in, in, in America. So I'm looking for that return. I'm looking for that residual. I'm looking for that that I have invested to come back tenfold, if not more. So this is what, and then we have to begin to hold people accountable, but we don't want to do that. You see, even those of us that profess consciousness and understand consciousness and in our heart have a yearning and a burning desire to be free and to exemplify consciousness don't want to have conscious action. We don't want to, I, I love what you said, Dr. Justice, we don't want to look in that mirror. We don't want to begin to modify and change the behavior in ourselves, that our awakened state, that our conscious state says, you know what, this is not right. Because consciousness, isn't that what we call a conscience? What's wrong with you? My conscience is bothering me. I'm not, it's, 
this is not quite like what I'm doing. So my conscience, I'm aware that what I'm doing is counterproductive, counterrevolutionary, that is detrimental to the advancement of my people. So my consciousness is bothering me. My conscience is haunting me. So we begin to modify those of us that listen to our conscience. Those of us that sincerely want better begin to modify our way. And after modifying our way, then we have that burning, that quickening of spirit that won't allow us to sit by idly and watch people abuse, like what you see Sister Nundy constantly, and she's enthusiastic about it. I'll be like, whoa, she's going hard on black people. But her consciousness won't allow her to sit back and watch these Negroes use their black skin to manipulate to trick, to bamboozle, to fool other African people who are coming to them in all sincerity. Her consciousness won't allow her to do that. So she's big on calling out the Uncle Tom, calling out the bootlicker, handkerchief head, buck dancing, shucking and jiving, Amos and Andy Negro that plague our places of politics and our so-called black leaders that are television and radio that are promoted over the, the black masses. She's a warrior for that. But that's consciousness. So we, be, we must all begin to start to exemplify and exhibit actions that hold other people who profess to be conscious accountable. I'm even going so far, we need to start putting wanted posters up for these Negroes. We need to other formations in the community should be warned about these charlatans, about these false prophets and false messiahs that come in the name of goodwill and advancement of an African people here and all the while line their pockets or misuse the brothers or misuse the sisters and in some sick and depraved instances even misuse babies and children. But all for the sake of consciousness, without consciousness being clearly defined, we allow these type of things to slip through the community, and you'll find this Negro leave Atlanta and go to Chicago, and then leave, get ran out of Chicago, and go to Detroit, or go to L.A., and they're bouncing around. Because we've allowed this just to become a word, it's become counterproductive. So I say that we put productive consciousness on it. And you tell them, no, I'm only a member of the conscious community. I am a productive member of the conscious community. I am an active member, meaning my actions are conscious actions. They're aware actions. I am awakened. I am fully cognizant. I know what the hell I'm doing, what purpose I do it for, what my ambitions are, my motives are, my aims and my objectives, my goals, dreams, and desires. I'm fully conscious of those, too. See, it's one thing to be, we think that we're conscious because we have knowledge, because we can name all the continents in Africa. You know, we know all the pharaohs. We know all of this. And we think that that's consciousness. It goes back to what King Foucault said. He said, you're just an educated fool. You're an educated fool. Like we talk about, if you know Snakes are down this path. Why would you walk down that path? You're an educated fool. You're conscious of this. You might be conscious of, of, of the snakes, but you're not really, I can't even say full conscious, because if you knew what snakes, no, educated fool. Some people know what snakes do to them. 
And despite their common sense, despite their conscience telling them don't go that way, sure to bother you, your conscience is bother you, we still embark on that journey of self-destruction. And we have to understand this, African people, brothers and sisters, Moors, Muslims, Israelites, whatever you calling yourself out there nowadays, I could give a hot damn. People who are oppressed right here in the imperialist shores of North America, the capital shores of North America, oppressed by a racist, totalitarian, fascist system. Those people, people that look like me, whatever you use the label you put on, those people that look like me and go through what I go through. That's what I'm addressing right now. Let me say this. Let me say this. We have to understand that we are interconnected, whether we like it or not. So when you practice acts of debasement and depravity against yourself, there is no such thing as an individual African man or woman. Not no such thing. You're destroying yourself. Brothers and sisters, is destroying me. You're belittling and debasing yourself. is destroying us. As a community And when it destroys us as a community It destroys us nationally When it destroys us nationally It affects our Pan-Africanism And it destroys us globally And we see it today How many of us look just alike But because we're from somewhere else Speak a different Have a different accent We have these great divides Amongst ourselves our pan-Africanism is flawed because our black nationalism is flawed, and our black nationalism is flawed because we don't love ourselves. That's true. Because we don't yeah. love ourselves. Yeah, part, part of the body for a minute, bro. Um, yes, sir. I had a question. I had a question. Um, you got brothers that name themselves, that name, they're saying that they're linguistically... Arab or Moors or, or Hebrew Israelites or Christians, how come we just can't come under the one Pan-African uh, banner and say that 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 we're just African? And to be honest, man, I don't think that you can be a Christian and be conscious. I don't think that you can be a Hebrew Israelite and be conscious. I don't think you can be a Muslim and be conscious because. When they say that they're conscious, they're only conscious of what they've learned through religion. They're not conscious of the ethnicity. You know what I'm saying? Because the religion don't teach you about your ethnicity. And and I hate to say this, man. I can't stand with a Christian who claims to be conscious. I can't stand with a Muslim or a Hebrew Israelite who claims to be conscious because you're going to be conscious from a religious standpoint and not an ethnic or cultural standpoint like I am. Yep. What is your take yep. on that? I'm, I'm going to tell you why I, I personally can't. Because he may be, you know, African people are spiritual, religious. As long as your religion, your way of life, if your Jesus is the black Jesus the black Messiah Jesus, the revolutionary Jesus that is for the advancement, empowerment, and freedom and liberation of African people, worship your Jesus. If you're a black Israelite and your Jewish God, Yahweh, 
is talking about freeing African people or black people or this and that, yo, then do your Yahweh. See, they have gotten us. We have to understand that those are just more divisionary tactics and divisive tactics that they put in our community. Our issue is the treatment of African descendants here. And everybody's not going, and when you go that for Coley, everybody, well, Africa is a Kibalon, and it really ain't Africa, and this and that, we ain't Africans, we Moors, and this. And we arguing about that, and like I said, when that pig pulls us over, I have not heard one pig, one police officer, when he kills any black man or woman, to ask their nationality. They didn't ask Sandra Bland what she was. They didn't ask Eric Garner what he was. They didn't ask Mike Brown what he was. The 15-year-old brother they just killed in Texas. Shot through the car, they didn't ask him what his nationality was. And here we go, Negroes, like we have the luxury to sit and debate a goddamn nationality. Right now is not that we can get in our forums, we can do that, but now is not the time. We have to shake the yokes of imperialism, colonialism, and all out flat out genocide and racism against the African man and woman here in America. So when I talk to the more, you get a fact I'm a black panel, brother, I'm not black. So I can't join that. Well, you can. You don't have to join the organization. Can we get it together, though? Can we work together to better our condition, uh, brother? I'm not going to argue with you over semantics, black and from Morocco, because I got a whole thing to say about that. Or I damn sure ain't no Jew. I know I ain't no Jew. You, I'm not Israel and Yahweh. But I'm not going to argue with you that with that, brother, because our conditions right now don't allow us the luxury to disagree with that. Now, when I find you an Arabized Muslim, and you will stand by and watch black people go through the hell that we go through, and you will say, Astaghfirullah, and you go there, and you go hang with the Arabs and prefer their rotten treatment to bettering the condition of black people. I have a problem with your Islam. Because every people who practice a religion practice it from a social, political standpoint. Islam, Arabs being the minority in Islam, is about promoting their political goals. And they get Negroes to back it up. Christianity was the same thing with these Europeans. It was social political. Same thing with the Jewish. The Zionists took over Israel. You say, how you go in Palestine and ex-Palestine, got your own state? Yah gave it to Yahweh, promised it to us in Holy Scripture. Damn, it's like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, I wouldn't be mad if these religions motivated African people who are practitioners, of, and a lot of times, better practitioners than the people who came up with these books, took it to that degree and started fighting for our liberation the same way that they do. So at this point, yeah, I, I, I can stand with them. If, if, if their understanding and their perspective of how they take their scriptures subjective is from a subjective standpoint and the moral compass, that subjectivity being, the standpoint being, Black liberation, black empowerment, black advancement for the African here in America. Let me go to these phone lines. I see I had somebody hanging, and, and thanks for the patience. Let me open this up for them real quick, Coley. Um, area code 832 Black Power, Chairman Yanga. This is K-Mac. How are you? Hey, K-Mac. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Monday. I was asking if it was Friday yet, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, love the topic. Uh, I really do. Um, there's always a conversation that comes up with this consciousness piece. Um, and, uh, I think 
just the ideology of consciousness, it, it's doing a disservice. It's also a separatist-type movement as well. It, it reminds me of Christianity, Judaism, and all the rest, because it separates. It's really not bringing anybody mm. together. Um, and, and, and like you said, consciousness is about being awake, being aware. Um, there needs to be guidelines. Uh, I think, just me, and, and, and I have been one of those who has been homeless. I have been one of those who slept in abandoned buildings, didn't know where my meals were kept coming from. Um, unfortunately, it's a dark period in life in general. Um, I've also, you know, been one to work for. I'm also one that has those degrees. And I think if we look at one another uh, through the eyes of our ancestors, and by that I mean when you think about how we were brought over and enslaved, uh, they did everything they could to ensure that, you know, no two people that spoke the same language were delivered in the same place. And I mean delivered like a package. But somehow, some way, um, all of those languages came together and had that one desire to be free and work together. So I'm going to have to say it had to be the skin color. It had to be that human spirit that each of them possesses that's the same, no matter what language you're speaking, no matter what spirituality they were practicing. And I'm a firm believer that our ancestors have told us how to fix this. They've been telling us how to fix this. But we keep developing all these ideologies that separate us and, and make us sound like we know what we're talking about. I do listen to some conscious folks, and I just like, sometimes I listen to them, and I'm like, you're not wrapped too tight. You know, or the cellophane is too tight for yeah. oxygen to break, you know. Yeah, know. And, uh, you know, it's just, my whole thing is, why don't we, as was mentioned by yourself and the other uh, king, about having those guidelines. The problem is we are indoctrinated into white supremacy, and one of the indoctrination points in white supremacy is do what feels good. We don't even realize that we have that. And so do what feels good and that I'm grown, I do what I want to do. That is not um, natural to the African way of thinking because we're a unity community that if you look closely at it, um, and early, early African civilizations weren't patriarchs. They were matriarchs, and it doesn't mean the women rule. It means everyone had equal footing. Everyone had a role. Everyone was important, man and woman and child. Um, the, the elders were revered. They were loved. They weren't sent off to some nursing home. The children were, it took that village to do. That's what matriarchal type of societies really are, not what is demonstrated over in Europe. Again, that is, um, uh, what do you call it, a, um, a perversion to what it should look like. And so what about these standards of moral living? And when you start adding the morality piece to it and the human piece to it, that's when you're going to look, as you said, to that person in the mirror, and you're going to do one heck of an inventory. It's going to hurt. You're going to find out that there are things that you should not be doing. But see, we also had that free will thing that we can choose to do what we want. Nobody will know. 
Facebook provides a high level of anonymity. We'll never know if people are really doing what they do and what they say. So it's going to come down to, uh, as was mentioned earlier, where your facade is going to be exposed. And so when it comes down to us, we have to have love. That's the first thing. And I've heard you talk about this over and over, but I don't think a whole lot of people understand what love is. I think we have so many different definitions of things. I think we need to maybe have a general idea on what love really is. We don't even have a general idea on what being kind is to people. I haven't even heard the word being kind or letters. I rarely even hear that word anymore. When I grew up, that was the first thing, be kind to her. Be nice to him. I don't even hear that anymore. There are a lot of things that vocabulary that we don't even use anymore that we need to start because one thing is is, is correct. If, if, if you put things in repetition, it's going to eventually become a part of you. The music you listen to, if you keep listening to it, it will become a part of you. You may not even see it or feel it, but it does. The The people you surround yourself with, they become a part of you. You start assimilating and start acting like them. The same with the music, the same with the workspace, the same with the educational facility that you go to. Um, we absorb, and we're like sponges, we absorb, and it gradually becomes a piece of us. So maybe we should start using words like kindness being nice, loving, love people, um, friendship, what it truly means, um, versus an acquaintance, um, helping, what does that truly mean? Because, see, all of these are action verbs and action words. They're not this thing that you just throw up as a noun. Okay, so that, I think, is the, is the concern. Anytime, you know, I hear a lot of people, uh, I recently had an, uh, a concern or a young black man, all of these people were talking about, oh, we know this, we know that. The minute I asked for help, it was cricket. And it showed me, you know, that people are not exactly who they say. Now, folks did, you know, in my city come forward and help me with this young man, but I got to see a lot of people on Facebook for who they really are not. And so I, I think we have a loss of love. Love is a choice. Love is not necessarily just an emotion, but it's a choice to accept the person as he or she is and where they're at, not where we want them to be. You work with them where they're at. And you give them uh, without wanting a thank you. You give because you can, without expecting anything in return. I think that's, that's the help I learned growing up. You hold the door. Who cares if they say thank you or not? Because now it's a transaction if you're expecting a return. It's no longer helping. It moves to transaction. Those little things, what we need to get back to. We need to get back to what things really are. And I think once we start doing that, that will build the trust between us. And with the trust, they'll start to hear you. When they start to hear you, they may want to try and when they try, then we can unite. You can't start from the top of the mountain. We're still at the mud roots level. And, and, and it's going to take time. We can't rush into it. 
It is not something that's going to happen overnight. It took 400-plus years to condition us this way. And if you look mm-hmm. at the repetition and consistency that is discussed in that Willie Lynch letter, which people should read, whether it's real or not is irrelevant, it's the consistency, it is the switch-up and the constant barraging of negativity that we carry to today. Now, we have to fight that the same way, with the same consistency, with the same barraging, but of positive in our ancestral way. And a lot of people don't even know what those are because there's so many of our ancestors out there, and we haven't even looked at it. We stu- like you said, we study a little piece and we think we know it. I'm learning something new, I think, every single day. I'm almost to the point where I don't even want to ask a question because my brain can't hold it all. But what I do know at the end of the day is we are all spiritual and we are all human. And that is where we should start from, with love and respect. And that's where we should begin. And if people don't understand what love and respect, not street cred, but what respect to human life, what love is all about, because I think we need to redefine those. And once we can redefine them and, and, and the way they should be applied, then we will automatically say, you know what, uh, when that conscious does kicks in, kick in, I know when I do something wrong, my conscious kicks in, kicks in I can't sleep. I have yeah. to right the wrong. I cannot sleep. My conscious whoops my tail. And yeah. then my, that, that little inner voice that tells me, don't do that, don't go there, I listen to it, but a lot of people don't listen to it. They turned it off. We got to turn that back on because that is the ancestors talking to you. That's that deposit of spirituality that we're turning off and ignoring. We got to open those ways again. And I'm not talking anything crazy. It's just we all have that sixth sense. We all have that conscience. We need to let it speak. We need to do what it says later for what feels good. Later for being popular. Later for going with the crowd. Don't be afraid to walk alone if that's what you have to do. Yes, people are going to ridicule you. Yes, people are going to go off on you. Yes, people are going to reject you. And so what? And as many people that do that, there'll be other people who experience the same rejection where you'll unite with. And one will meet with another, and it'll grow sort of like that commercial, and I told two friends, and so on and so on. But we have to get rid of that that fear to love one another. I think that's where we're at. We we just we're not really understanding how you love. Because I know if I help yep. someone, if they're male, I help them out. They're in love, and they don't understand I'm doing this because I love you. Yep. I'm in love with my people very much so. And there's yep. nothing sexual about yep. it. It's just a love for my people. You're struggling. Let me help with that. I don't want to hear. Yep. Well, thank you. I don't look for anything. I do it because I can. I do it because I want to. And I think we need to get back to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, oh, man, and I appreciate that. I always look forward to your input, and it's always enlightening. Please believe. Love it. Um, and oh. just to touch on that, I'm going to go, and I see you callers hanging on. I'm about to go to the phone line. Um, but to touch on that, and I love what you, um, um, the sister was saying, and it's defining that love. Defining consciousness, defining we must defy, define, 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 define those things that are particular to us and that affect us. 
Also, I see you, Minister Khadid. You're good looking out. I'm glad that you're on the show. I know that you have an extremely busy schedule out there in California holding you down, helping the peoples, doing the health thing. But just just recognize you, Sister Minister, and sending that shout-out. Let's go to our um, phone lines. Again, 678-1373. Your mic is open. Greetings. This is Khadija Atlanta. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Good. This is a wonderful topic. It's great. It's great. Um, I wanted to comment, uh, the brother had mentioned um, how you can't be religious and uh, really conscious at the same time. I am a spiritualist, and I'm very, very serious about it. Um, At the same time, it's a choice that I make. Every day, every night, it's a choice I make. This black skin is not a choice, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. There comes a point where it's not about your religion or the choices that you've made. If you chose to go to college or if you chose to be in the street or you chose to do whatever you want to do, at the end of the day, you will always be black, and we have to move from that baseline understanding, you know, which is one of the reasons why I don't even understand all the separatism, you know. We have to really work together because our fight is just in them. It is all us. And some of us are more educated than others. Some of us are enlightened. Some of us are awake and conscious. And some of us are living real close to the gutter, real, real close to the edge and falling over every day. So, I really don't believe that religion can play any part in your decision to be active and productive as a conscious member of the community. We have to move past that and really get to what's going to help us as a people. And then once we get out of the rut, once we get out of the the muck, then you can go and do what you want to do. You know, but work first and then we can you can have your own choices later. But those choices, when they start impeding on the idea that you are not willing to recognize the blackness of yourself, they're not serving you. They're not serving you. Because those communities that will take your money, they won't take you. So you can go over there to those communities and think, oh, yeah, because I sit here and I buy my pizza here every single day, that they're going to let me in their house. You're wrong. They'll take your money, but they won't take you. They'll take your religion. They'll let you worship in worship houses. They'll let you do all of that. But they won't take you because you are black. And it's very clear who you are. And it's very clear that you are not them. So I believe wholeheartedly that we have to do more banding together and less uh, separating because of religious ideas or even political ideas or even uh, sexual orientation ideas. I mean, I don't really think we have enough room for separating. We have to really get down to the baseline because when our neighbor's house is on fire, we should be working real hard to put that fire out because it's coming down the street. So I don't think we have enough time and space to sit and argue about whose fight it really is and Moors versus Muslims or anything else like that. Just get you a bucket and some water and let's put the fire out, and then we can go on our way once the immediate danger is alleviate it because that danger is real and unfortunately it's every day it does not take holidays no one is safe there was a time where women could be kind of safe not no more children and babies used to be safe not no more and so we have to really really be active and productive and I like that idea what are you doing to serve your community and if the answer has been like eh, you know then you know tonight's a good night to come up with something Find something. 
There are tons of organizations out there that need service, and if they if you can't serve, support financially. There's nothing wrong with holding down a job if you need to hold down a job, but kick out for those that are doing the work every day on the streets, you know, talking to people, protecting the people, and everything else like that. So you can support a thousand different ways. I find a way. I'm looking for win-win situations. So I really believe that it's a great topic. Let's get past the religion because that religion is a choice. And I can change my choice in the morning if I feel like it. But this skin, this skin is permanent. This is what I'm dealing with. And this is my reality. And so I have to stay in this reality of blackness and black nationalism. So that's all I wanted to say. And, and wonderful, wonderful topic, wonderful dialogue. Thank you for that, uh, Sister Khadija. Um, I, pre- I definitely appreciate it. And I want to and, and go back, winding down in our last minute, there's something that Sister Kim had touched on, which I thought was prolific, very profound, when she said that during slavery, during this, man, I'm, I'm telling you, listen, we can't sleep on that. It has to be one of the most horrific acts in the annals of human history was the Ma'afa, the Atlantic slave trade, the cross-Atlantic um, slave trade. But during this, they made they went through painstaking measures to make sure that no two people um, that could identify with one another or that spoke the same language or did any of that would um, would was placed together. But despite all of that, despite these differences of culture, tribes, languages, they understood the the need for survival. They understood that their togetherness that this communalism, this is what I talk about, the African here in America, the new experience of the African, the African having an American experience, you see, brought them together and it started to formulate different ideologies and philosophies and concepts and social structures where tribes wouldn't have intermarried in Africa, begin to work together, begin to use the different knowledges and different technical skills that they had in Africa and bring them together to make some life, and I'm not going to say easy, but just a tad bit more bearable, going through this nightmare called slavery. This is where we've lost out. We use our consciousness for a drug, our conscious, so-called consciousness. I don't even like, this is why I was, the whole show was about productive consciousness. I'm, I think that the word consciousness has become a drug. It has become a scapegoat. It has become a way to divorce. Sister Kim said something that had me laugh, and I had to put the phone on mute. She said she has talked to some conscious people that are, ooh, man, have been there. I mean, yo, you think crack destroys? Consciousness can destroy a black man and a black woman's mind. I have talked to some of these individuals. That is just, you know, and I'm not knocking their beliefs. I'm not saying that their beliefs was just out there, but just the... Yo, the divorce from the the reality that they lived in, the everyday reality they lived in, you know. And these were some of the people that would have the audacity to come and bash traditional religions. I don't do that Muslim stuff, that Arab stuff, that Christian stuff. You don't know, man. I'm waiting for the spaceship to come beam me up. Okay, I got you. No problem. <laughs> Yo, it's... You know, I'm not knocking, brother. You know, Scotty's coming through here beaming niggas up. Yo, I'm not knocking that. But I got the same breath. I don't know how you can come and knock the man that's waiting on Jesus or the brother that says Muhammad is his prophet. I, You know, I don't get it. So the consciousness has become a, a, an escapism, has become this new drug. 
you see. But productive consciousness means that not only am I aware of my state, but a productive consciousness, the key word production is a verb. It's an action word to produce. You know, I, I need to produce. So my consciousness, my state of awareness of my particular um, situation as an African here in America is the inspiration and motivating force, like Sister Khadija was saying, that I can't turn off being black, is my motivating force for me to take conscious actions. Now, these actions must be conscious, but conscious of what? Conscious of what? That's the question. And you've heard me state on my show time and time again that this consciousness must have a moral compass, and this moral compass must be, must be. It's imperative. There's no way around it. Must be for the advancement, the empowerment, the complete and total liberation and freedom and right to practice self-sufficiency and self-determination for the African here in America. And I'm going to go one further and add what Sister Kim said, guided and motivated and inspired by the force of love. Guided and motivated by the force of love. And not a mental love. You see, because when things are mental, when the mind, when it's the love in the mind, the mind has been preconditioned off of physical and off of temporal and off of worldly things that have affected it. The worldly effects uh, uh, start to begin to mold, construct, and the system that the mind judges and goes by. Now, I'm not talking about that because when you do it, when it's based on that, then it's subjected to worldly laws, and worldly laws says that there has to be an opposite. When there's dry, there's wet. When there's up, there's down. When there's light, there's dark. Those are universal laws, physical laws and principles. I'm talking about a soul love, a spiritual love, a love of the ancestors, a love that's connected with the all in all, a love that is just wants that the very essence of that makes you want righteousness for all people. And like I said, not a righteousness based on a society, because righteousness based on rules and regulations in society are relevant to the people who run that society. See, what's righteous for them may not always be righteous for you. What's good for them may not be what's good for you. But what's good for the all, a love that comes from the soul, a love that understands that we're all interconnected, that awakens that higher consciousness of all inclusivity. Shout out to Sharif Abdullah. That Awakens that inclusivity That we're all a part of the all That we're all part of the human family And that we want better for all people Despite color Despite ethnicity Gender Religion We want better for all people All humanity I'm the first to admit that But how do I achieve that By first and foremost being realistic And saying that I have to start in my home and then that home to my neighborhood, and my neighborhood is comprised and composed of people who look like me. Nothing wrong with that. There ain't nothing racist about that. I'm not going to let nobody tell me that's racist, that I want to start in my neighborhood, that I want to help people who look like me, that I can identify with that struggle. My sister said, I have been there. I have been homeless. I have been hungry. I have been destitute and desolate. I've been left for dead and back turned upon and spat upon and kicked and downtrodden, and I've been one of those. So I identify, I empathize, 
So there's nothing wrong with my compassionate spirit, my human spirit, wanting to help all people, but first addressing the people that are closest to me, not only because I identify with them, excuse me, their ethnicity, but because they're also realistically closer in physical proximity, meaning they're my neighbors. I was talking to my Umi the other day. I was talking to um, Sister Judy, some know as Mama Judy. And she and I were sharing that, and she told me, she said, son, you know, it's, I love that you travel, and travel is good. You know, like Brother El Mahaj, El Malik Shabbat, traveling broad the horizon, better known as, or more commonly known as Brother Malcolm, travels the horizon. We have to go and do this. But she says, and, and I know you work locally with your people, but it gets me when all of these people want to go and do all of this traveling and not starting their locale. And I took it one step further. I said, you know, Umi, you know, Mother, what also gets me is how we want to change the world, how we want to do these wondrous and miraculous works for the world, and we want to extend compassion and love for the world, and we want to kumbaya. We want to hold hands with little Chinese people and Korean people and little white people and want to cradle little Afghanistan children and just love the world, and it's wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. Love is wonderful. We want to do that and at the same time despise one another. Take one another with a vehemence that is so thick, with a malice that is so thick, you can cut it. Roll your eyes at your brother and sister. Don't speak to your brother and sister. Like I heard my mother say on the sister shows, how many of us know our neighbor's name to the right or the left of us? Like Sister Kim says, to us as young men and older men and the brothers listening in on the line, hold doors open for women so this can be passed to our children, not because we're looking for a thank you, not because we're trying to get the sister's numbers out and get them digits, but because it's the gentleman thing to do and the right thing to do, and we know that this is a mother. We know this is a mother, and like the sister said, it's a matriarchy, the universe is that. And I'm not one of them. Anybody that knows Yanga knows I'm not one of them hotel. The black woman is the goddess, and I just worship the black. They know that. No disrespect to the black woman, but I'm an egalitarian. I believe in the divine masculine and the divine feminine. I believe in the principles of mayat. I believe in balance. So I don't go to those extremes. To me, in a lot of cases, I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry, brothers, if I'm throwing a monkey wrench in your work. That's game. All that God is God is. You turn around and do other things. That's a goddess, but you got listen, that's a whole nother show. So we're not gonna go there. But so I'm not one of those brothers, but I do believe in the divine feminine and the divine masculine and the divine feminine in having that there's a certain role that the man must play to nurture and encourage that and that it is very profound and prolific and we have to teach our male children that so that it's empowered. We talk about mothers, our mothers, mother nature, mother earth. Things are named after the mothers. So you have to have this reverence for motherhood, for womanhood, for nurturing, for compassion, for caring, for these things, and that should be embraced. So something as simple, and it starts as something as simple as being conscious of holding the door open. So it's a matter of what we're conscious of. And when you know the only way to know what to be conscious of is to know what you're trying to achieve. You see, this is what real consciousness comes in. We must know what we're trying to achieve. And this is what awakens and stirs. 
and feeds and fuels your consciousness and guides you and motivates you to study the things that strengthen and empower that consciousness. If you're trying to be rich, you're going to be conscious of get-rich schemes or money-making. If that's your con- if you're conscious of material possessions, if your goals and objectives, rather, are material possessions, you're going to be conscious of the means and ways to ascertain these material possessions. Remember we were talking about, I was just talking about that physical law, that temporal law, what goes up must come down, the law of gravity, that type of thing. Where there's day, there must be night, or you wouldn't know it was day. Where there's sweet, there must be sour, you wouldn't know what sweet was if there was no sour, that type of thing. So when you go after when your objectives and your aims and your ambitions are material possessions, naturally, it's only natural, whether it's, you know, even if it's what they call what? A subconscious. Sub means underneath. Even if it's that underneath conscious, you're still conscious. It's just the underneath consciousness that will start to direct you and start to have you doing things that you, so you can obtain what your heart desire is. So the conscious man and woman, a productive conscious man and woman, who says my ultimate fruition, like me, I'm a panther, so mine is point number 10 on the 10-point platform and program. I want complete and total independence. I want a political site where black people can say, hey, this is how we want to govern ourselves. This is how we want to rule ourselves. We want, to, we want the right to self-determination without the intentional, willful, and deliberate, deliberate hindrance or obstruction of any people from a human being, and specifically African people's right to naturally evolve. That's what we want. I don't want nothing else from you. I just want you to leave me the fuck alone. Stop killing my babies. Stop. And it's only natural if I start to say, listen, I didn't told you to stop. Now I'm going to make you stop. It's natural. It's okay. Don't be ashamed of having that feeling. So when we become conscious of these things, when, when this becomes rather our goals and aims and objectives, then it's time to become a productive conscious, not subconscious, not creating this by a conscious that lies dormant or underneath other perceived consciousness, but an intentional consciousness. And once we become that these are my aims and objectives, I want advancement, I want empowerment, I want the right to practice self-determination and self-sufficiency. I want point number one of the 10-point platform, and, 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 and uh, is I want freedom. I want the right to practice self-determination and power to determine the destiny of the black community. That's what I want, point blank. Now, I'm conscious that this is what I want, so I know this is my objective. I become conscious of that, so my actions begin to have me follow in the footsteps that will lead to that. So prayerfully, by the grace and mercy of the Most High, the Divine, and the aid and guidance of the Agungun and my Agung, the ancestors, the collective ancestors, and my personal ancestors, that I will begin to enact and do the things that will bring this to fruition. I no longer, see, this is a part of self-determination. This is why consciousness, productive consciousness is important. I no longer am reliant or dependent on people to help me bring these things to fruition, outside people rather, let me say that, people who don't have my best interest at heart. Why? Because we're not conscious of the same thing. Or our actions aren't conscious actions of the same thing. Perceptions aren't. You're conscious of me, but what you want makes your conscious of me, you have a different perception. Your consciousness gives a different perception. You want white empowerment. You want white supremacy. 
So therefore, you want to justify the annihilation and the extermination of black people on the planet Earth. So you're conscious of what? I'm conscious y'all thugs. I'm conscious you're a crook. I'm conscious that I got to watch you. I'm conscious that I got to buy guns. And I'm conscious that you have to, because I'm conscious of your awareness. I mean, I'm conscious of your presence. So his consciousness is in such a manner, and he perceives us in such a manner that it justifies his brutality and his bestiality and his savagery and his barbarity against other people. And he goes to sleep at night with that. Why? He has a clear conscience. He's not diluted in his consciousness. He goes to sleep at night with that. No qualms. Yeah, I'm going to sleep because it was a nigger. He didn't see boys in the hood, minister society. He didn't see how you Negroes act. So everybody's like that. But since we're confused in what we our aims and objectives should be, since we don't really, really clearly want self-determination, self-sufficiently be free. Some of us want to be reformists. Some of us want to integrate and assimilate. So then our consciousness is not the same thing. We, Our actions don't do such. We might dress the same. We might talk the same, and we call it conscious. Yo, I'm conscious. I'm conscious this dashiki looks good. I'm conscious of African traditions, but I also want to be rich, so I'm conscious of this capitalism. So you know what? Kwanzaa, I got the Kwanzaa gear right here. You like that? That's the Kwanzaa hookup. This next five hundred dollars, straight from Africa. I got you. When I was first introduced to Kwanzaa, they told me you're supposed to make gifts. <laughs> That's what. That was years ago, though, brothers and sisters. I don't know what happened. Commercialism is a beast. So this is what begins to. This is what begins to uh, happen. This is what begins to happen in our community, our consciousness. What are we conscious of? It's no longer sufficient for us to scream out consciousness. That is no longer sufficient. We have to question what the consciousness is and understand and hear me clearly. Productive consciousness comes with accountability. Listen. I'm your brother, Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party, Independence Black Talk Radio. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for everyone who contributed. Sister Kim, thank you. Always, always a pleasure. Please tune back in anytime and enlighten us. Um, Sister Khadija Nundi, thank everyone for contributing. This because this is your radio program. There's only there's very few radio programs that I listen to that are dedicated to the people. This is one of them. The other one is on Saturdays. Check out the Queen's program, I believe, at 7. You know, check Facebook for listen. Also, before we go, send out a prayer for our dear brother DK. You know, for those of us that knew him, man, he will sorely be missed. I don't know all this situation, everything that happened, but we sorely miss the brother. Love the brother. He's with the ancestors now. Sending out shout to him. All power to the people. African power to an African people. And black power. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did pure. 
like a cup of virgin blood Mixed with 151 One sip will make a nigga flip Writing names on my hollow tips Plotting shit, mad violence Who I'm gon' body this hood politics Acknowledge it, leave bodies chopped up in garbages Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us Police watch 